0: You are listening to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lindy House. Episode 92. Hello, hello my lovely friend and welcome to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lindy House, interior designer, artist, mama, scientist, color specialist and space coach. Here to help you navigate the beautiful messiness of raising strong, thriving daughters. While you discover the path to a home that inspires you, you will learn to design gorgeous peaceful spaces inside and out that you can be proud of and love coming home to. Each week, we will explore how individuality and practicality create the harmony our souls crave. Let's dive in, my dear, to all of our beautiful stuff. Welcome. I have a fire interview for you today. I know you're going to love this and we're going to dive right in. I do want to warn you before we get started that there is talk of eating disorders and body dysmorphia in this episode. So if that's something that you feel like you're not comfortable with or there's some other people listening along that might be uncomfortable with, we just wanted to let you know in advance. But this is a gorgeous conversation and there's so much good stuff here. Enjoy. Hello, my friends, and welcome. I am so excited for this conversation that we're going to have today. But first, I want to introduce you to this incredible woman that is my guest today. Elena is a dancer, an instructor, a choreographer, a speaker, and a somatic movement facilitator. Her dancing cho- choreography accomplishments accomplishments and awards are so extensive to read. Out loud, it would have me tongue-tied for days if I actually said them to you. But you can see them all on our episode web page. It includes the who's who and the what's what across stage and screen. Elena Williamson has beautifully transformed her passion for dance her expertise and mastery of control and expression of the human body to become a mentor to women across the country through the work that she facilitates at both virtual and live events. She currently resides in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania with her husband and two very busy little boys, teaching dance and teaching her somatic movement method, which we're going to talk about today, to help women heal at a deep and profound level. Welcome, Elena. Thank
1: you so much. It is an honor to be here. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation with you, and I'm just truly Feeling grateful to be able to serve your community.
0: Oh, well, we are so happy to have you here, and just to give our audience a little bit of background about how I met Elena and some of my experiences with her through a coaching group that we both participate in. Is I was watching, I believe it was a live or, or something that Elena had had posted. And my husband had just recently told me that he stretches in the shower and he built this gorgeous shower. And all of a sudden I was in there one day and, and I grew up dancing Mm -hmm. and I, I thought, Oh my gosh, like, here's my dance space. And so now when I get in the shower, I just allow my body to move. And I just want to thank you for that because it's, it's been such an incredible gift.
1: Oh, that is so beautiful. And you know, people ask me all the time, what is somatics? And you just described it so wonderfully. Somatics is allowing us to connect with our body and what it wants to experience and letting that take over because there's so much wisdom that's innately in the body. I just love that your husband stretches in there. I'm hoping the water's running because <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> the heat will actually help muscles and
0: stretching. <laughs> right, right. Yes. So he does actually go to hot yoga with me. So he has experienced like what the heat does. So I thought that was pretty wise of him to figure that out. (laughs) So, so tell us your journey. Let's talk about how you got from being an accomplished dancer and choreographer to becoming an entrepreneur and you know what that path looked like and what drove you through all those different stages.
1: Well, truthfully, this path has been winding and up mountainous tracks (laughs) and down deep valleys. You know, I think so many people see like, wow, you're living this life and you get to like work part time and stay home with your boys and kind of do all these things that you love. It has taken a lot of courage and a lot of learning from quote unquote, failure. So I really don't believe in failure. I believe that anything that happens in your life, even if it's something that feels so devastating to you, is there for a teaching opportunity. The only things that are failures are things we don't learn from. Right. But I grew up in a very small town in Boyertown, Pennsylvania, about an hour and a half north of Philadelphia. Literally, like when I moved to New York, they wrote an article about me in the newspaper. Like that's how small, like tiny, tiny, tiny town. And I started dancing at 11, which is very late to start dance. I had a very natural ability with it. I started with ballet. As soon as I took that first class, I knew it was it for me. I wanted to be a ballerina. And unbeknownst to me at the time, you have to kind of be fed into a ballet company if you choose that route in high school. You're getting selected already. And I just thought very naively that... Ballet was my path. Ballet was my track. And it's all I did all through high school. Even when I got into college and studied dance, I pretty much did ballet with a little bit of modern. I was not interested in jazz. I was not interested in like head rolls or rolling on the floor, which is Very funny now because any of my dancers listening, that's my choreography. (laughs) That's so funny. And I saved up money to move to New York. Like I knew that if I did not go there and try this desire in my heart of dancing professionally and whatever that would look like, I would regret it for my whole life. So I moved there literally knowing no one at 22 years old. And within eight months, I was choreographing for the Oscars. (laughs)
0: that is just incredible. That's it's, it's so inspiring. Um, We actually do have a number. It's funny. I I launched my podcast more for, you know, moms with daughters and, you know, figuring out that relationship. We have a number of young listeners that uh, really are inspired by that, taking the you know, just literally taking your life into your own hands. So absolutely.
1: And I, it was not easy. I want to say that like, it wasn't easy, but I, the drive in me knew the ulterior option was not the option for me. And I think oftentimes when we're up against that, where we're like, okay, this is really scary and I'm going to have to leap. But if I didn't, how would that make me feel? That kind of pushes you into the leap. So I literally knew no one. I, I worked there and danced there and choreographed there professionally for 10 years. I danced for two well-known companies and I kind of came at a crossroads to the end of my career where, and I'm saying professional career because I'm still still a teacher, still an educator, right. still a choreographer, yeah. um, where I was dancing for the company that I'd always wanted to dance for the entire time that I was being there. Like I finally reached that goal, was about to be offered like a company contract And my body was so injured and I was so sick in an eating disorder that I saw these two roads before me. Like I can stay here and continue to essentially kill myself for something that I quote unquote love, or I can go home and like get well. And I chose to leave. I chose to leave and get well. And I actually entered into eating disorder treatment was one of the best decisions I ever made. I completed my masters in dance. Shortly thereafter I met my husband. You know, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And what kind of threw me into the somatic movement healing work that I do now is the recovery of my eating disorder.
0: Mm. Wow. Um I'd love to touch on that a little bit. Like what Absolutely. that what that looked like, you know, with the recognition of it and how you it, because I, i'm sure in the company that you kept at the time it probably it it took some you know it took some looking hard at, at yourself and to recognize that that wasn't normal when it probably was a pretty common practice
1: absolutely eating disorders are very normalized in the dance world and in modeling and and other things that are very focused on the body in just like, well, okay. It might not be the healthiest thing, but if it's what you're doing to keep your body and what it needs to be for you to be on stage, what harm is it kind of thing? It's looked at very much like that. And I saw that. I saw these people so engrossed in their eating disorders, so much worshiping the choreographer that we were dancing for. And I just was like, I don't want to be sick anymore, you know? And I had started in my eating disorder at 16. So I was dancing for five years where I wasn't really involved in an active eating disorder, I'll say. And I was bulimic and I was um, diagnosed like bulimic type B where I would actually throw up healthy food, which is kind of odd. Yeah. But it was my coping mechanism and going through treatment showed me that when I was at a place in my life where I felt like I didn't have control, that's what made me feel like I had control. And it wasn't like there was a singular moment where it felt like, okay, now I'm going to be done with this eating disorder. It was all of these micro moments that added up where I just didn't want to be self obsessed with my body in this way. And I knew that I was made to live where I wasn't obsessing with food and hating my body all the time.
0: That's um, my both of my girls danced. And the uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful ballet company that one of the and she worked them really hard. And I always appreciated how hard that they worked, but one of the things that came out you know, during the time that they were there was these, you know, accusations of her, you know, pushing these young girls into this hyper-focus on their, on their bodies. And I, you know, like, I never saw it, but it's, I can certainly see just because I loved the dance school because it wasn't, it wasn't your typical everybody gets a part and everybody gets a recital and everybody shows up. Is these girls actually competed from, you know, the time they were, they were six years old for their, their parts in every single production that they did. And she worked really hard to, Get We had costumes from the Russian ballet that were hand-stitched so we could keep them together. And and there was so much of that work ethic that I appreciated so much. But, you know, looking back, I can see how these, you know, how hard... And some of these girls did go on to dance at, at some wonderful ballet companies. But I could really see, in retrospect, with everything that the girls had on them societally, In combination with, you know, what was expected from them at their sort of cherished dance school, how this could really play a role.
1: There's so much pressure put on us to be female to begin with, to even set us up to have a predisposition for body dysmorphia or an eating disorder or. Even just like an addiction to weighing ourselves, you know, there's, there's so many different levels of like, what is healthy? What is not in terms of the way that you view your body. And then in a field like dance, when you're constantly in a mirror and you are competing for parts and you sign contracts that say, you're going to stay this weight, there's a whole other level of pressure where your body becomes your paycheck. And it's a, it's a slippery slope for sure. And there's mm-hmm. also obviously beauty in the dance world, but I will tell you in the professional world it's few and far between and that is sad and I'm I am doing my part in teaching
0: and trying to shift that. Uh-huh. For sure. Yeah. Well, and I love that you are bringing dance and, and let's actually talk about that. Let's talk about the difference between dance as and cuz to me the idea of choreography and you know everybody doing the exact same that's prescribed by someone else and this somatic movement where it's just listening and trusting and feeling uh, sort of on the surface they feel like two polar opposites but uh, Tell me how tell me how they're different and the same.
1: I love that because I do think in some ways, it's a rebellion against dance mm-hmm. in a lot of way in how we think of dance. When you go to a show, say the Nutcracker, people understand what that looks like and can name it immediately. you're you are not permitted to do anything other than what is choreographed on you on that stage. There is no wiggle room for improvisation. Right. When we're looking at somatic movement, the codified technique of it is improvisation. And I'm leading people through a very deep visualization, like a meditative state first, where they're letting go of the analytical mind, which is hard for people to do, and tapping into that intuitive space to connect where it connects into the body. Then I'm bringing them into a place where their inner child will come in and they will go back into a memory, a past memory that they are comfortable with starting to heal. And that's the beauty of this work. It's, I can't manipulate it and they can't either. You know, it's kind of just like what shows up, shows up. I'm just the guide. And then we're connecting that back into the body and what needs to be healed. Because I'm a firm believer in trauma resides in the body. And if you yes. don't go into the body, you're not going to heal the trauma.
0: Yeah, no, I am a hundred percent. And it's funny because, you know, this is, kind of a podcast about design but <laughs> I find that just like things show up in our body you know things show up in our homes as well and we can't get out of these loops we can't heal ourselves physically like all the way to the core of what we want until we you know look at what we see right in front of us and say hey where is that coming from and why is 100 percent and most people
1: live in a trauma loop without even realizing that they're living in a trauma loop.
0: Yeah, yeah. So when when did you begin to land on your somatic movement method? And let's talk about how it, you know, some key points of it and how it evolved.
1: I believe I'm put on the earth to do this method. Okay. <laughs> because when I look back at... Just how I've always been a very spiritual child. I've always been very connected. I would see things. I would feel things. Very empathic. And I used to do this thing without any prompting <laughs> when I was like six or seven. And I was raised Catholic, so you will understand what I'm about to say. But I would go into my heart room and talk to Jesus. And <laughs> it's oh, like this oh I just got thing, you girls right? all over. Yeah, and that was just me being because children as children, we are so in touch. I, I truly believe that this method allows you to go back and get back to that place before society told us who to be, how to feel all those things back to our natural state. And what I believe is like the soul connection with ourselves. And I would go into that room and be in that deep meditative state. And I started in, when I started teaching being interested in closing out the class with meditation and I would have and I started teaching at um 21 I want to say maybe a little bit earlier than that I was in my I was about 19 when I started teaching dance okay and all the students would say we love your meditations can you record them and put them on CDs and it was so interesting because I was like there's something there but I just wasn't ready yet to kind of sure. uncover it So I feel like all of these pieces were building of like my subconscious mind and knowing how to go to that deep imaginative state when, from when I was very young, the meditation and then the movement portion clicked in with specifically healing trauma. When I did my master's thesis concert and I was working with five dancers and I named it the feminization of madness. It was all about playing with. The confines Society puts on females. And I had brought to the table at the time a relationship where I was completely devastated. I was engaged to be married. Six weeks before the, married, the we were getting married, my fiancé cheated on me. And it turned my world upside down. But It was one of the best things that ever happened to me, obviously, because I met who I'm supposed to be with. You right. know. But in the moment... So much trauma. So I was trying to tell this story and then I was realizing in rehearsal, these dancers are not connecting to my story. I need to connect it to them. And that's how the groundwork for the somatic movement method was born where I was connecting their trauma. They were sharing a trauma story and we were connecting it into the body and how to clear it and be empowered out of it. And all of the dancers had the same reaction They felt so healed through doing this work. And it was the first time they were ever on stage where it wasn't about the movement. It transcended the movement. It was about being witnessed in their healing and knowing that that vibration, that frequency, I also played with breaking the fifth dimension a lot. So the audience felt very involved, was healing for the audience as well.
0: Oh, that is so beautiful. Can I share with you the card? that I the oracle yes. card that I drew yes. right before I we got on here I always draw an oracle card right before I record just you know to ask the universe what do we need to know and it's I'm going to show it to you it's called broken open Ooh. and I just have to read you last line Love the you that is the result of being broken open by life's challenges and lessons.
1: 100%. 100%. And for anyone that's listening to this, it's it's easier said than done to be at the other side of it. And I very well recognize how much it
0: sucks when
1: you're in
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, let me, let me just see if I can find this one other line. Yet it's not the pain or loss itself that must be the focus of your attention here. No, not even the story of what happened, the details surrounding what has brought you to your knees is as as important as what is the result from the experience. I love that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So and I believe that that's why we're artists. Like that's where we get that bravery to call ourselves artists. Because before we jumped on here, we were talking about how we were connected, and you said you just felt connected because you know we're both artists, and it's so nice to be in that space. And it is, it it is keeping connected to that meditative spiritual place that we hold as children and bringing it forward with us. Because I had a very, very same experience. I used to just love to just sit in our church under the stained glass windows. And when the light would come in the windows, I swore that was God. Like those little bits of colored light that hit me, like to me, that was God. And that was how, how I knew it. And I was Probably in third or fourth grade, when I learned how to put myself to sleep, which I realize now was meditation, but imagining what I couldn't imagine, like what's mm-hmm. beyond the universe, like what did I look like before I was born, like all of those things that take you into As we that. We have the
1: answers. Yes. They're they're so they're so at the surface before we get everyone else's trauma and our own thrown at us. And it's not about like not ever going through life without trauma because I believe every single person has trauma. Right. But as we said previously, like, can you come to a place where you are ready to allow it to transmute? And I think that's the beauty of it. And to your point of the artistry, I I feel like as artists so often we have to explain our work and when we're with someone that is a fellow artist, there's no need for explanation because you just know, and you're yeah. just able
0: to space. Yeah, no, I had that big, a huge realization just a couple of weeks ago, because I found since we moved in our, ha- our new house and our, my husband and I are kind of on top of each other and we don't really have our own personal space that I don't paint. And one of the reasons I don't paint is because I don't want to give it a name I don't want to explain what it is. I don't want to tell you where it's coming from. Uh, And it's just easier not to do it. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you know, it it was eating me up inside. It's not a healthy response for sure. But I had to realize that because it's not just there's not the space. There's not the time. There's the I don't want to explain myself. And Mm -hmm. just knowing that it's now I realize, okay, I don't have to. I
1: also love that because I'm like, and now the art can happen,
0: yes, now yes. there's
1: room for the art by giving yes. the permission of what do you want to say if there isn't a title? What can you say if it doesn't have to be this quote unquote thing in your mind, and like that's where that's the that's a piece of artwork I want to buy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
0: because that's where the beauty lies. The beauty lies just beyond what we can see in the moment. It's what, tra- you know, what transpires as we're sitting in the moment. So yeah, that's, yes. So where do you find time, you busy woman, uh, as an artist for, you know, to to make time for your work?
1: I've learned this lesson the hard way. When I first had my son and my oldest is four and a half. My youngest is 18 months. When I first had him, it was like a year before the pandemic hit. And I was still teaching at a college. I was in charge of their program, very immersed in choreography, but doing it as work, which as we know, when it's you're you're paid for it, it's a different feeling than doing it for like your soul expression. And then the pandemic hit and I. I took a big step back from dance for, for quite a while. I was trying to launch my business. I actually started out as a business coach, which is kind of funny to me now. (laughs) Um, but that's kind of just what the path that presented itself at the time for me. And I think I also was kind of, and I'm sure you can relate to this, like angry at dance. I've gone through periods of my life where I get angry at my art and that's always a call to wait a minute there's probably something there if we're avoiding it so much that needs to come out. But through the the evolution of where I am now through motherhood, I know that I am a better parent when I cultivate space for my craft. And for me, that happens early mornings. It's getting up before everybody else where I am completely uninterrupted and I'm able to meditate, I'm able to journal and I'm able to move just for me.
0: Yeah, uh, it's funny that you said that about the, um, you know, angry at the art <laughs> itself, because it, it certainly happens. Um, I do think I'm also angry at my husband. <laughs> so... <laughs> Which is also valid. <laughs> yeah. I could talk in a whole box. Of people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we all could. So do your boys move with you? What yes. does that look like? <laughs> So both of them
1: are actually, I guess it's not surprising. I feel like it's in the blood, you know? Sure, sure, yes. (laughs) Both of them are very rhythmic, very wanting to move, very wanting to dance. And, you know, when I work with a client, we're going through a deep process. When I'm doing it with them, it's more of a dance party. It's more of an opportunity to just move our bodies and have fun. With my four-year-old, because he is going, he's my challenging one. He's very, very emotional. He's very, very strong-willed. I have started to take it a step further and I'm kind of testing it out on him to see like what age they respond most to this. And I'm allowing him to name his feelings and then move how that feeling wants to move. So I'm kind of taking what I consider like the baby sets of the somatic movement method because I obviously wouldn't like expect him to be able to sit and meditate for 15 minutes as I'm walking him through something, you Yeah, know? sure. Um, but it's interesting to just see how he, as at four years old, just processes movement in his body with so much fearlessness. Mm. And That's when I set this work on dancers, when I'm doing the somatic movement method with dancers, they are the ones that fight it the most. It's usually the people with zero dance experience that have bigger breakthroughs because they don't have that, all that conditioning of movement.
0: Sure. Yeah. And I was just thinking of it in terms of art too, Mm because, you know, I get, I get so much pushback, especially people that know me well and have seen me, you know, painting all these years. Like, why don't you ever share your art? Why don't you show your art? And it's because I have such a high bar. For what I feel like the world should see, I can only imagine, as a dancer, if somebody's telling you just to move, that it would take so much deprogramming, yes, just to, it, just to allow someone else to see you move in a way that you don't feel like has already been perfected and corrected and ready to to show to the world
1: absolutely and and to get in a space where they are able to a lot of times I offer like close your eyes because as soon as we open our eyes we have all that stimulation and then we're looking at other people like if it's in a live virtual versus a virtual setting even virtual people look at each other right (laughs) yeah when it's a group setting people tend to automatically compare automatically Yes. And when we are able to close our eyes, it helps us really tune in and tap into what we're feeling. And that's why I'm guiding a lot of times through like the sensations of the body. Like there's an exercise we will do where, what, before I pull them out of the meditative visualization portion, I'm asking them to create a ball of energy and like toss it at themselves and wherever it lights up, that's where they're focusing the movement on first. Mm. And the body and not doubting the body's wisdoms and is going to show you where that trauma resides and what needs to be moved because it truly I just read an article it only takes 90 seconds for us to process trauma when it comes to the emotion of it. If you want to clear and heal emotions, 90 seconds is how long you need to sit with it. And for some people that feels really long. Yeah. But when we look at it in the grand scheme of things, for 90 seconds, you could process deep trauma by just witnessing the emotion.
0: That's pretty powerful. That's really powerful. And it also shows how I always say that, you know, we're such a quick fix society. Like if it doesn't work immediately, we, you know, we, we just give it up and, that just shows you how extreme of a quick fix society that we've become in that it's so hard to sit with an emotion for 90 seconds that we've chosen not to deal with, you know, that we've chosen, chosen to bury it in our body.
1: percent. And I will say there, there's been science behind it that, you know, our brains are still in that fight or flight where we look at that. Processing that emotion is like being chased by a lion that's going to kill us. Right. So like, there is that very real thing that's happening on a cellular level, but you're able to, with the analytical mind, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> calm Sometimes that. Sometimes we need that. <laughs> and And bring it back to the body because it just comes back to what we talked about in childhood. We are so connected and getting back to that place, getting back to inner- communication and getting back to a somatic place where we will actually process what's there like imagine if every morning we woke up and this is what I literally do I ask my body what do you need today what needs to be witnessed what needs to be witnessed and how can I move in honoring what's coming up and I move for me and to your point absolutely whether you're a trained dancer or not there's has gotta be resistance. But when you push past that resistance and and keep with it, there's healing available for you. There's that's where the magic is.
0: Yeah. Wow. Do you ever associate color with your movements?
1: A lot. A lot. Not only the I do a lot that's based off of the chakra systems. Okay. But I also will just often be moving and all of a sudden see or feel a color for sure
0: and I I I must have seen color around you because I honestly don't even know where that question I mean color is my world but like it, it was just funny like as you were moving I could just feel how experiencing different colors would feel so different in terms of movement. Cause I do, I do a lot with, with the chakras as well, especially when, you know, we're kind we're connecting to our space and what we need to change. And I can see where, you know, allowing color to just filter in would be such an extraordinary experience. I love
1: that. And I think, I think that that you opened up a really great conversation here for when people think of somatic movement it's really finding what works for you. And say, if we were doing a one-on-one session or you wanted to start to incorporate this in your daily life, you could literally do it. Okay. Today I'm going to move like the color blue. And how's that going to move? And that's going to bring things up and it, it could bring up a lot of different emotions, but whatever's coming up, just trusting that that's what's meant to be there and being brave enough to witness it.
0: Yes. Brave enough to witness it. I think that's, a piece that i hope everybody takes with them from this conversation because it's we can practice being brave in our private spaces that expands out, you know, beyond, you know. 100% just, uh, from from movement to yeah, we're just not
1: And working on that internal relationship, i don't think there's anything more fruitful in our lives,
0: yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that a hundred, a hundred percent. Well, are there specific steps of the somatic movement that people of the method itself that you can share? Yes,
1: there's three different steps. That the first one we touched on, which is that deep meditative state that I'm bringing people through a visualization and an almost memory rewiring. Mm. And then the second portion is a somatic experience where we are taking what came up through the memory that you were shown or felt because not everyone is visual. Some people are going to feel it. Some people are going to sense it. Some people are going to hear it. Some people are going to smell it. Like whatever senses, some people are just going to know it, you know, whatever comes up, we are then taking into that somatic experience. And that's the movement portion. And then there's deep reflection at the end. And that's going to either look like journaling or, and, or speaking with me. And like, I'm prompting questions and getting deeper. So we're able to put that analytical mind back in it. So it's really a mind, body, spirit, all encompassing healing.
0: Oh, I have chills all over again. (laughs) Oh, uh, that is that's wonderful. And how long does how long does a session with you usually last? My one-on-one sessions
1: are 60 minutes. Okay. I also set sessions on I always call it setting like choreography. That's just the my terminology. <laughs> <We> <laughs> but know I've also we know. gone and facilitated at events where it's been 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and I also locally, anyone local to Pennsylvania. I'm doing a full series, and those are two hours.
0: Oh, yeah. Are those? Is that a group session, or is that one on one? Yeah, it's at a group session at a dance studio, not a dance studio,
1: a yoga studio called the Twisted Monkey, and it's in Rockledge, Pennsylvania. And I'm coming in once a month and going through all the chakra systems.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: So it's like two hours. And the last portion is like Q&A. So it's literally like 30 minutes is that deep visualization, 30 minutes removing, actually it's more like 45 minutes to an hour we're moving. And then the last portion is that kind of deep reflective connection.
0: Okay. And I would love to post the dates for that on Absolutely. our site because um we do have a number of you know, a, a a large portion of our audience is in this Pennsylvania region. It's it's rare for me to actually get to talk to somebody from, you know, here in Pennsylvania with me. So um, yeah, I would love to. Uh, I'm in Lancaster. Oh my gosh. I love Lancaster. <laughs> so, yeah. so you know where the Poconos are. I'm like,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, that's what I was calculating. Like as you were talking, I'm like, is it drivable? Is it drivable in a day? Is it something I could do overnight? <laughs> like Rockledge is probably not far from you. No, I don't think it's terribly far. So yeah, and that
1: one, um, I think she holds thirty spots. the The last one I did was almost completely sold out, and it was awesome because it was the first time the somatic movement method was. I got to do it on men. That was interesting because I was nervous because I was like, I don't know if I really want to work with men, but that's kind of rude to say, (laughs) eh? Yeah. (laughs) Because they need healing too. Right. Um, But I kind of was, was just like, are they going to go deep enough? But as with anything, a man that's signing up for something like somatic movement method, they are in the wave space to receive it. And there were massive breakthroughs from them as well.
0: Ah. Gosh, I bet that was just such a beautiful experience. It was awesome.
1: I can't wait to come back. I'm like so stoked. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, we'll have all that information. And you actually have a pretty fantastic gift for our, the In Her Eyes podcast listener. I do.
1: For anyone that is interested in diving into a 60-minute somatic movement method one-on-one session with me. Email me or go to the link and fill out the form of interest and just write where you heard about it and you will be gifted 50% off a session.
0: That is so generous of you. So thank you so much. And we will have that link available on the podcast webpage, um, which will be inheryespodcast.com forward slash episode 92. Woo! So, yeah. Oh well is there anything else that you feel like we need to touch on before we um before we journey onwards? I just wanna reiterate that if you're listening to this and you feel pulled,
1: just listen to it because your intuition is trying to tell you something. Mm. And whatever that looks like to you, whether it's a one-on-one session, whether it's coming to and live experience, whether it is asking yourself and taking that morning practice and just c- cultivating more somatic-based movement in your life, this is your permission slip for that.
0: Oh, thank you. Now, where can everybody find you on all the socials?
1: My only social truthfully that I am active <laughs> on, and I've even been taking breaks in the summer, <laughs> okay. but, but I am active enough on there is at the Elena Williamson. So Instagram is my space. I love the gram. I just also love the spaciousness of summer, so I have been honoring what feels really really in tune for me to show up on there, but that's the best place to connect with me.
0: No. And you guys, please go follow her when she is there. It is worth the wait because Elena's posts are beautiful and they're always Thank you so inspiring. Much, Oh, you are so welcome. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I feel like we have touched on so many different aspects of movement that I think people don't, they certainly don't think about it on a regular basis, but rarely do we think of movement, you know, something I'm always looking for those things that cost us nothing.
1: Absolutely. That can
0: change our life, change the way we experience every single day of our life. And just, you know, what you're doing and what you're teaching absolutely does that. Absolutely. I
1: so thank you for trusting me with your beautiful community and for tuning into this conversation. And I just want to leave you with one last thing to think about, you know, sometimes when we think of movement or we hear the word dance, we get really freaked out and think and disqualify ourselves. I believe we are all dancers. When I look at my sons, I never had to teach either of them how to dance. That is a skill just like a nap. I don't even want to call it a skill. It is a natural occurrence that happens when we're celebrating When we are learning in the same way we learn how to crawl in the same way we learn how to walk, it's a just, there's a knowing there.
0: Yeah, and they say, you know, babies dance before they walk. And they do, yeah, yeah.
1: 100%.
0: Oh, thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. This was such a beautiful conversation.
1: Absolutely. So happy to be here.
0: Wow, there were so many gorgeous nuggets in this conversation. As I was listening back over, I was reminded of just how important it is to seek out moments in your life, simple moments where you just have the opportunity to just tune into what your body feels like doing. Let it move. Let it do something that is completely uncharacteristic for you or for the way that you regularly move and see what opens up and don't fight it. That's the hardest thing is to not fight these intuitive nudges that we get from our body and just lean into it and let it move this is something you can absolutely do with your children just put on different types of music and maybe even things that they haven't thought of that maybe that types of music that they haven't explored before even from different countries i've been doing that a lot lately is tapping into some music where i don't understand the language being spoken so that i can let my mind just separate itself from what's going on and just let the rhythm move my body so let me know what you come up with when you do that and please 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 head over to instagram and follow elena If you want to check out all of her offerings, I again encourage that and you can do that on the episode web pages inhereyespodcast.com forward slash episode 92. The essential oil of the of the month is wild orange. What a perfect oil to go along with this topic of allowing yourself to just move freely and If you find yourself having to step over things in order to get your movement in and you want to find some more creative ways to deal with your kids stuff, or maybe you're just looking for some inspiration for your own spaces and want some creative storage ideas, then please head over to the In Her Eyes podcast webpage for this episode and you can join my class that I'm teaching on creative storage solutions for your kids or for yourself, whatever you need. It'll be August 22nd, Tuesday, August 22nd at 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And just sign up. The replay will be available. You will be sending it out after the class. But if you're there live, you can ask specific questions to your situation. And we can get those spaces creatively tidied up. So thank you, my friend, so much for being here. Please find time to move this week in ways that your body hasn't experienced since it was a very, very, very little body. And share this with your friends. And because together we are a community, you can head over to the community webpage and share your insights from your movement, what came up. Um, we can have deep conversations over there. That's just us chatting. So take care. Thank you, my beautiful friend, for being here today. I just want to remind you that you are a beautiful light in this world and don't be afraid to shine because the world is a better place because you're in it. And if there's a woman in your life, a girl in your life that you know that needs to hear that, I encourage you to reach out to her today and remind her just how extraordinary she is and if there's someone who you feel like could benefit from the conversation that we had today on the podcast i would love it would mean the world to me for you to share this conversation with someone in your life today If you haven't had the opportunity to subscribe to the podcast, please head over to Apple and subscribe. There are directions on the inhereyespodcast.com web page. They give you complete instructions if you've never done that before on Apple and also on Spotify. All you have to do is hit the follow button and you'll be part of the community. And speaking of community, here with season four, we have created the In Her Eyes podcast forum as a community page. So head over there, introduce yourself, say hi, let me know what this podcast has brought into your life and the wisdom, your wisdom. The wisdom that has come to you through listening. Because I know together we are powerful, beautiful women. Until next time, so much love.